My name is Scott Harris. Welcome to the Dairy Dive. And today we're going to be talking about a topic I don't remember the name of. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> My name is Scott Harris. Welcome to the Dairy Dive. Today we're going to be talking about how we can retain, engage, and empower employees. Buckle up because we're diving deep. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you so you learn just a little bit, a little bit. My whole life's been dairy farming. Some days you wonder why you ever milk cows. It's kind of just in the blood around here. I don't know what it is, but we like livestock. Buckle up. The dairy dive starts now. Add it up. All right. Well, we were able to have a guest on the podcast today, Peggy Coffin. And Peggy did a tremendous job, and she has a great resource out there for dairy owners, uh, managers, whatever role you're in, if you're dealing with employees and working with employees, that is so good. And I mean, I think even outside of the dairy industry, you can get a ton of value out of the podcast today. So um, I hope you enjoy. And with that, let's listen in on the interview that we conducted with Peggy. All right, so with that, we're going to bring in our guest, and she is someone I got to meet uh, very recently, actually, and uh, ironically, I all the other guests I think we've had on the podcast, I reached out to them, but Peggy actually reached out to me, and so it was kind of a kind of a change in role, and I'm really glad we've made a connection with, with Peggy Coffin, and uh, so Peggy, welcome to the Dairy Dive. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peggy and I talked the first time we had a conversation for probably about 45 minutes, and uh, you've got two podcasters, so it's a matter of who can say the most words wins the competition. And so um, it was fun to uh, catch up, and Peggy's got some really cool stuff going and exciting stuff, and wanted to have her on as a guest, but one of the main, what we're going to really focus on today is a recent, would you call it a study, Peggy, that you did, or just a survey? Um when yeah. kind of identifying some of these things, what would you actually classify it as? So, you know, um, really, I would say it's I just kind of am always doing an ongoing, you know, kind of personal research trial, <laughs> research okay. study yeah. um, to really just look at the conversations that I have with top level dairy owners and managers and ask, you know, myself, really, what is it that they have in common? And so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, High Performance Habits by Brendan Bruchard. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Okay. It's actually, if, if you're watching, if you were seeing the video, it is on my shelf. <laughs> right there. Uh, there you go. Um, but uh, so a couple of years ago, um, it was actually a dairy farmer that recommended that book. Uh, a good dairy farmer friend of mine, and um, and he he recommended the book, this high performance habits. And as I got into it, the whole premise of the book was looking at um, interviews with top executives and CEOs from successful businesses and saying, what is it that they have in common? And that is the premise of the High Performance Habits book by Brendan Bruchard. And as I was reading that book, um, it really got me thinking, my goodness, you know, through my career in dairy journalism and now, you know, with being on my own with the Up Level Dairy podcast, uh, I've been having these conversations uh, either passively or very intentionally for a very long time. And um, and when I started my podcast, one of the things that I set out to do was really to talk with um, dairy producers and understand like what what is it what are the challenges that you face for one, but also to really lean in and listen of the ones that didn't lose sleep at night 
over employee struggles, the ones that weren't worried about who was going to show up to milk their cows the next day, the ones who had a waiting list for people to work at their dairies, there were some things that they really were all doing. And, uh, and I could start to see the commonalities between them. Absolutely. It's, it's great. And so before we really dive into the specific, uh, you know, how to the kind of the title of the podcast, how to retain, engage and empower employees, and you hit on it, but anything else specific, tell us a little bit more about you and about the Up Level Dairy podcast and just what you're trying to do with it, what you're trying to accomplish and, and kind of who you are, where you're located and a little more about your show before we dive into this topic. Sure. Thanks, Scott. Uh, yeah, so my name is Peggy Coffin. I live in the Green Bay area, a little town called De Pere in Northeast Wisconsin. Home for me is was a 50-cow dairy in Southern Wisconsin. So uh, I grew up milking cows and, as I recall, driving tractors not very well. Um, so that means that I hit a lot of things, but uh, you know how it is when you work for your parents. It takes a lot to get fired. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I you know, grew up doing the same things that a lot of us in this industry have done, you know, getting dirty, being knee deep and elbow deep and all kinds of stuff. And, um, and then also, you know, just really pursuing, uh, you know, my passion, which is being able to tell stories and communicate that. And so, um, so that really put me on a career path to serve the dairy industry as a professional and dairy media and communications. And so, um, I, my, in my 17 years or so professional work, um, a big chunk of that was actually as an editor for progressive dairy magazine and kicking off, um, the progressive of dairy podcast and uh, and loved loved being able to serve producers in that way uh, but a couple of over the last five years or so, of uh, my career there, what I really started to notice was that, you know, I would go out to do these stories at dairy farms that had just built a beautiful barn, maybe a new rotary parlor. They were going through expansion and growth mode. And as I sat down with those producers to tell the the sunshine and rainbow story about everything that was going really well, uh, what really started to come up in those conversations, Scott, was I could see it in them and hear from them that they were extremely, you know, many were were really stressed out about, uh, you know, it wasn't the cows that were giving them headaches. It was the fact that they were trying to figure out for the first time how to manage people, um, how to develop, you know, uh, how to onboard a new employee, how to train someone, how to get them to stick around and to not just show up to work or to milk, but to actually want to do it well and achieve that same level of excellence that they were used to achieving on their dairy when they were doing the majority of it themselves or with their own family members. And, um, and it was these conversations that, you know, I would leave the farm and I'd write the beautiful story, but there was just this spot in me that said, I want to do something to help these dairy operations that are positioning themselves for the future, um, but do something that's really specific to the needs that they have to be able to not just grow and scale the, the size of the dairy, but to actually grow and scale their management skills and their own personal leadership skills. Um, and so that is is why I actually, you know, left uh, left that um, that position to do something uh, very specific on my own. And that's the Up Level Dairy Podcast. Uh, so I always say Up Level Dairy Podcast is for dairy farm owners and managers and those advisors that sit closely with them at the table. Um, and it's really for the ones who are saying, I am committed to being profitable, 
sustainable and achieving excellence in the dairy business. Um, because that's, that's how I look at my own future and that's how I want to be able to serve them in the ways that they need to be, um, to be successful and profitable and sustainable and achieve their own level of excellence. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it's great. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know who you were, obviously, when you first reached out, but have since learned a lot more about what you're doing and looking at it. And I uh, fully agree with you. And we've we've run into that, you know, as I travel the country from dairy, I get the opportunity to be on dairy farms from Washington State to as far east as you can get in New York, Pennsylvania, whatever it may be. And so, um, and, and you know what, no matter where I go, you run into a lot of the same problems. And, and, and a whole lot of it right now comes back to people. And, yeah. and it's, uh, you know, the greatest asset any business has is its people. But the biggest liability just about any business has is its people. Oh, and you nailed so it, Scott. You nailed uh, it. It's hard. And so, and, and so many of the gentlemen or ladies that we speak to in the dairy industry, they really know cows. They can, they can look at a cow and tell you if she's got a lean foot or they can tell you if she's doing something real weird with their head and, and call that out. But dealing with people, not necessarily their strong suit. Sometimes. Oh, my gosh. You nailed it. You nailed and it. Yeah, yes. so it's fun. So I think what you're providing is a great resource. So we're part, happy to be partnered with you on it. Oh, so. well, thank you. Yeah, and to, to add to your point, Scott, I mean, uh, how many producers do you know that can smell ketosis from a mile away, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yep. <laughs> and that's their that's their skill set. They're cow people. They were born yep. and bred cow people, and so that's where it gets so frustrating um, as they start to have to rely and trust and others to do things to the same level that they would do it themselves. And you know, and it sounds like it sounds like you see that when you're out on dairies too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So one of the podcasts that you had put out and that I got to look at and thought it was great when you talk specifically about five things that good managers do to help retain, engage, and empower employees. So we thought we'd spend a little bit of time on that. And so there's five things that you list here, and I thought we'd just go through them one by one, and you can kind of give us a highlight of each if that sounds good to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the first one you talk about is talk to every employee every single day. Yeah. And so, okay, Scott, so where this comes from and actually where all of these five points comes from is again, it's really summarizing dairy owners and managers that I know and that, you know, most of them are, are good friends, right? Not just people I know, but people that I really have a ton of respect and trust for. And, um, and the ones that, you know, when you ask what keeps you up at night, they're the ones that aren't saying, I worry about who's going to show up for milking, who aren't saying um, that, you know, I, I have anxiety at shift change because I don't know what's going to happen or when my phone's going to ring, right? Like these are the, these are the problems that a lot of producers will talk about, um, but that I've kind of found this pool that, you know, that's not their number one worry. And so you ask yourself, what are they doing differently? And, um, and so this first point of talking to every employee every single day. And uh, I go back to, I'm going to use examples here of some of these incredible owners and managers, right? Because they are the shining stars here. Um, I'm just the conveyor of the message. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so, so there's a, a young man who's a manager at Rosendale Dairy, which is one of the milk source dairies. And so this guy, he is 26. I think he was 26 years old when I had him on the Up Level Dairy podcast a year ago. And he is in charge of 50 people 
like seven or 8,000 plus cows. And, um, and you know what, like for like six months, um, he had been able to get that dairy to a point of having basically no employee turnover. And so, you know, so I'm talking to this young man, Jared Dupengeiser and asking like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do? (laughs) How do you do this? Right. And, um, and one of the things he talked about was how he makes it a point to talk to every employee every single day. And, um, and what he would say is, you know, it's not a long conversation with everyone, but it's just enough, right? It's just enough of a hello. It's just enough of an acknowledgement. And on occasion, it's asking a few of those personal questions of how was your weekend and how, you know, um, and just having that, uh, that extension of conversation, because what does that tell an employee? It tells you that I care, right? I know your name. I care about you. And I want to check in on you and see how you're doing every single day. And, um, and so that was one of the, the big things that, you know, that I found with talking with Jared Dupengeiser was he really, uh, intentionally, intentionally sets out as that's part of his job every day is not just to make sure the cows are taken care of, but to make sure the people are taken care of on kind of a, you know, emotionally intelligent level. Yeah. That emotional intelligence is so big. Um, I was just thinking about that this morning, actually not even related to this podcast, just from a a different topic in my brain, but yeah, that emotional intelligence, it's knowing that, that someone else does actually care and that they took a few minutes out of their day to, to check on me or talk to me, um, is so big. Um, you know, you gotta, we, you know, it's, it's how we get good buy-in. And I think your next point even speaks more to that, where it talks to your second one that you mentioned is seek input and ideas from their employees. So talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, going back to these conversations that I've had with some really incredible owners and managers of dairy farms, uh, you know, a lot of the trust building um, comes from just asking. And so there is one manager in particular and owner um, that I just, you know, have adored since the day I would have sat down uh, at their dairy, oh gosh, probably seven or eight years ago. Um, And I want to tell you a little bit about him because I think he is just really the epitome of, of this concept of um, intentionally seeking input and ideas from employees. Uh, so his name is Omar Guerrero. And uh, Omar's story, you know, I'm sidetracking a little bit, but I just love his story so much. Omar came to, you know, the U.S. when he was 20 years old and, um, you know, and ended up at this dairy farm in Wisconsin. And uh, and he couldn't speak, you know, he didn't speak English and the dairy owner did not speak Spanish. And so through a translator, um, that dairy owner, Jim Drake, asked Omar, why do you want to work at my dairy? At that point, they had just, you know, they were maybe at 400 cows or were expanding to 400 cows, which at that time was a big deal, right? Um, 20 years ago. And, um, and what he said to that, to the owner of that dairy, to Jim Drake was, I want to show my wife the American dream. And, um, and so Omar in that 20 year time became a U.S. citizen, uh, and is now not just the manager of that dairy, but a partner an owning partner in that dairy farm. And, um, and he also is one that when I called and, you know, called and chatted with him, well, probably a year ago or so, I'm like, Omar, 
what's going on? You know, what's uh, what's going on at the dairy? And his response was, oh my gosh, things are just going really good here. In fact, they're going so good, I started another business. <laughs> and oh I'm like, gosh. okay. And so actually his business was helping other dairy farms find good employees um, from through some, you know, different types of visa programs and things like that from Mexico. Uh, but, uh, but the point of, you know, my story here is that um, Omar had really invested in his own personal development and he got into reading John Maxwell leadership books and like never looked back. And so one of the things that he learned in reading those leadership books was about how to, you know, really communicate um, and not so much by talking, but by the art of listening, by the art of listening. And so what that allowed him to do was as he, um, you know, as he really developed himself and became a manager of his team, uh, it allowed him to put in a structure in place where they have, you know, their management team meetings and their employee meetings. And what he what he does at these meetings is he asks everyone to come to the meeting and to share something that they could do that the dairy could do better. Uh, and, you know, that takes a certain amount of humility and vulnerability when you're in ownership or management to put it on the people that are out there doing it every day and say, hey, like, where, what, where are we missing the boat? And to ask for their input. Um, and so what he found in doing that on a regular basis was that oftentimes some of the best ideas for efficiency and productivity on that dairy were coming from the people that were doing it, but also, also they were so much more empowered and engaged in making changes, uh, to protocols, procedures, whatever that might be. Um, and that totally made a difference in the engagement level and empowerment level of their team members. Absolutely. And I, I think another really cool benefit that comes from a situation like that, from my past experience on both sides of the equation is that, okay, if I, if I ask for input regularly, um, that, that means sometimes they're going to give me input that probably actually is not a good fit. And when I don't do that, how does that person respond? Are they, are they saying, okay, it's not a good fit, but hey, we're moving forward. Or do they say, oh, I can't believe he didn't use my idea or she didn't use my idea. What, you know, what in the world? Then you kind of can identify the people that are actually a part of your team versus maybe, maybe not. And so yeah. there's some other really cool things that come along with that. So very interesting and, and really unique. That, that is a great story. I think we may have to try to see if we can get that gentleman on our podcast and, and tell his story because that's wonderful. He's incredible. That's he great. He's incredible. Yeah. So the, um, yeah. The, the third thing that you have on here, it seems kind of self-explanatory, but I think there's some really good extra stuff here with it, is take care of problems. What do you mean by take care of problems, Peggy? <laughs> Okay, so take care of problems. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna uh, reference uh, one of my podcast guests. His name is Tom Wall, and he's not a producer, um, but he works with a lot of producers all over the country. And his branded um, business is the Dairy Coach. And so Tom, like his whole, you know, most of his career was built upon uh, being able to help dairies communicate with their employees. Uh, he started his business when uh, he, you know, he could speak Spanish and a lot of people couldn't. So he became, you know, this integral part of a lot of teams as they started growing their employee team uh, and being able to do, you know, the interpretation and the training and things like that. Uh, but what he also found in his role of doing that thing of doing those things was, you know, what do these employees need to be able to 
be engaged and to be empowered and to want to go above and beyond. Like we're not just talking about staying and showing up for work, but we're talking about like, what's the difference between showing up and showing up, right? Um, And so one of the things that Tom talks about is like the two magic words for that really are the the game changer. And Tom says the two words are fix it. And I'm like, Tom, tell me more about fix it, right? And so um, so what fix it meant in his mind uh, and where how he was using it on dairies he worked with is that um, you know, if you can if you can ask employees and ask your team members of what do they need to be able to do their job. And, uh, you know, and then also have a plan in place for how, how that will be followed up on and followed through. Those are like two separate, but two different pieces that work together for not just the empowerment, but also the engagement and the retention. Um, and so, you know, so what he talks about is like, employee team or employee meetings, right? So once a year or a couple times a year, uh, taking employees to do a walkthrough on the dairy. So not just having the meeting where everyone sits in the room, right? But like actually going for a walk around the dairy and asking employees to identify what's broken. Um, and so maybe it's a headlock, maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a gate that is crooked or something like that. Right. But if it's inhibiting the ability for that person to do their job safely, effectively, and efficiently, and that's the thing that you could change for that result. But the bigger thing, the bigger thing that really, um, is the takeaway here is what does that do when you, um, ask, listen, take action and follow through that is a trust building piece. And that's where, um, you know, this example of taking care of problems, like it seems so simple, but I mean, okay. So I grew up on a 50 cow dairy and, uh, I love, you know, love, love that lifestyle, but let's be honest at the end of the day, there was a lot of duct tape and Baylor twine holding things together. Right. So, (laughs) so yeah. So I, and I don't think I, you know, I'm probably not the only one that can relate to that. Um, but ultimately like there were some jobs that we made harder for ourselves, um, because we became accustomed to doing them in a way that wasn't efficient. Um, and you know, it's one thing when it's your family, right? It's one thing when you're, I'm the, the daughter and I'm just going to show up and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tie things together with a piece of binder twine because that's how I know how to get things done in this world. Um, but it's another thing when you expect someone else to do it and they want to keep doing it every day, or if that inhibits their safety of how they are doing their job every day. And so that's where this whole thing of taking care of problems has its power. That's awesome. Yeah, I can I can tell you growing up on a, a small very small beef operation. It was just me and my dad. We did not have regular uh, staff meetings uh, <laughs> where we sat down and walked around and looked at the farm. It was more of a go do this. And that's what I went and did. So, so I do think that there's some definite value to that. I really love the walk around idea. That's so good. I think listeners who are in that scenario should definitely be looking at that. But yeah, can I call out what you just said? Yeah. Like, you know, you just reflected on your experience of growing up and, you know, the interaction with you and your dad, right? Where like you didn't have these um, regular meetings and, you know, maybe and maybe didn't have those regular conversations. And and I think one of the challenges that a lot of dairies face as they grow is we, be, you know, if we've come from that, you know, like you and I have come from similar places, right? Right. 
Like it becomes a learned, it's a learned behavior to have to step outside of what you're used to and say, okay, now that I have more people that I'm relying on and influencing and that are part of my team, like I can't do that anymore. You can't get away with not doing that. And so, you know, I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of dairies face as they grow and scale is what served them and what, what what they were able to just, you know, be able to still do well and fly by with at a smaller size and with a smaller team, it doesn't work. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't work effectively and efficiently as they want it to at a higher level when there's more people on their team. Absolutely. Completely agree. So, so you mentioned the next thing that you kind of hit on and, and talk about is to reinforce good behaviors. What's, what's driving that point? Yeah. So, so this is all about feedback and, um, it's interesting because again, you know, as I talk to some of these dairy owners and managers, um, you know, one thing that, uh, uh I was talking with, uh, Jamie and Ellie, um, St. Pierre out in Vermont. And if Ellie's name sounds familiar, she is the Olympic runner. That's a dairy farmer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a, amazing right um just fantastic uh but so yeah so she's this olympic runner world or uh, u.s record setter but she is the gal that is in the maternity barn like taking care of cows and doing all the things right and so her and her husband jamie they're in their late 20s and um they've got about i think about three thousand cows or so between a couple of sites and um you know and in their labor market they have an interesting demographic of older people that are from the community that work for them. And then also recruiting, you know, kind of this younger, different generation. And so, um, so what they have found is that that younger generation in particular, like they don't just value feedback. They like thrive on feedback and they ask for it and they need it. Um, and so that was something that I thought was really interesting is, you know, when we really look at not just, um, you know, uh, providing feedback and response, but how critical it is with some age groups, uh, maybe more than others for the value that they put into that. And, um, and, you know, so that's one example of, you know, what does that feedback look like? Uh, and, and how is that reinforced? That's, you know, sometimes it's just saying like, Hey, good job, (laughs) right? Like you did a task and you did a good job. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that comes up too, with a lot of dairies is as, uh, as they, um, as they grow their team, uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes a pretty, pretty strong language barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of their team members may not speak English as their first language, um, or only have bits and pieces of it. And a lot of managers, you know, some do, but some don't. And, um, and a manager that, uh, that I really adore is Brett Barless and he's out in California and, um, and he has incredible, you know, experienced incredible re- employee retention in a really tough labor market. Um, But, uh, you know, one of the things that Brett does is when he communicates with employees and reinforces good behaviors, even though he does not speak Spanish, um, he's found ways to, to still do that. And what does it look like? It looks like, you know, they have like a WhatsApp group app that they use to communicate with the team. And it's sending a picture of something that was done 
well. Like Brett uses an example of, mm. you know, they have a like an utter, you know, a certain utter um, mint or utter balm or whatever. Um, that's a certain color. And so if the employee has applied that, if the milker has applied that, you can see it, right? So he'll take a picture of that and then send it to the team and that individual with like the thumbs up, the smiley face, the praying hands. And like, and that's how he's saying, I saw that you did the thing that you're supposed to do and you did it. And I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge that you did it well. And so, I mean, like whether it's words or whether it's as simple as an emoji, I mean, like what if you made the difference or what if you made the, the, um, the decision that every day there's one person on your team that you're going to send something to with an emoji, like we send them to everybody else. Why not take it as an opportunity to reinforce good behaviors with our team and to make them feel and know that they're valued for what they do. And especially when they do something, that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. I I think one of the most toxic statements or thoughts that a manager can have is, and I mean, I've heard it, we've all heard it in our career probably, um, is a statement along the lines of, well, I'm not going to congratulate somebody for doing something I paid them to do. You know, that is such toxic, negative thinking that uh, I I urge anyone, if even if that is your thought, please keep it to yourself. (laughs) I mean, it's just, first of all, I hope you'll change your thinking. But if not, keep that to yourself because that is not an environment. That does not create a healthy environment. I'm not telling you you need to go, you know, you don't need to buy somebody a car because they did their job. You don't necessarily have to do that, right? But uh, just an appreciation to know, hey, you did this really well. You know, that yeah. that goes such a long way. The the small things can have such a big impact on us. Oh, that's so true. And, you know, and Scott, let's be real. Like in today's labor market, people have options. Employees yeah, have absolutely. options. And, you know, sometimes I, I think to myself, like, in a, you know, I have a small team of people that um, support, you know, support me and be able to in being able to produce a podcast. And I have another, you know, small business too. And I rely on some really incredible people to make it all happen, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and, and, you know, I think sometimes we, we take, we can take them for granted. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but at the end of the day, like they are choosing us more than we're choosing them. Um, you know, the labor market's tough. And then we talk about dairies, we can talk about, you know, any industry. Um, and so I think there's, I think the challenge that I put for myself, uh, with the people that, you know, that make all the things happen on my team, you know, for both of my businesses, like it is, uh, you know, the, the challenge is how can I look at them as my client, right? Like, you know, we oftentimes think of as the employee as like, you know, we're hiring them, but really in today's world, they're hiring us. Mm, that's true. Yeah. And you know, Paul, I'll say one more thing about it too, that I don't believe it was necessary in this article or in the, in this information, but something to keep in mind, particularly for those of you that maybe do struggle with this idea, keep in mind that every time you're having a conversation about a done well, it's soft. It kind of somewhat softens the blow or makes it more palatable when you have to have the tough conversation of, hey, this probably wasn't the best choice or this mm-hmm. decision was challenging for us. And and so when you if you're only coming at me with that all the time, it makes it very tough uh, to make change and to get people get their buy in and get them involved um, in the business. Mm, yeah. So keep that in mind as well. Oh, such a good point. Yes, Scott, for sure. Thank you for adding that in. Yeah. So the last one that you have on here, promote success at work and home. 
Talk to us yeah. about that. This is the bigger picture, Scott. Um, and you know, one of there's there's two people that really come to mind uh, when I think about this. And um, and one is back to my friend Omar, um, and then also Jared Dupengeiser uh, that I talked about from Rosendale. And um, and I'm going to add another friend of, in there too. Um, I have a good friend, uh, Jared Yowsey, and he manages a large dairy in New York with a pretty pretty good sized team. And um, you know what always has struck me when I've had conversations with with these managers is that, uh, you know, they, they are looking at a bigger picture. Um, they are looking at not just how can I provide a place where people want to work or how can I get people to show up? How can I get people to follow a protocol? Like they're not asking that question. The question that they're asking themselves every single day is how can I be an influencer on this person so that if they leave here someday, they're better because of the time they spent here. And um, what's interesting is those three individuals that that come to mind that have that attitude, they have super low turnover, right? Like that attitude of wanting people to, wanting to grow people and wanting to empower them to not just do their job, but to be the best person it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. And so what, what does that mean? It means that, you know, they're respectful and interested in their personal lives. Not, you know, not over, not, not to cross a line with that, but, um, but they are, you know, they, they want that person to go home at the end of the day to treat their family well, to, you know, to be, um, to be, in a good state of mind so that they're contributing to the community, to the society. And they want to see their employees. They want to see them succeed, even if it's not at their dairy anymore. And that's a bigger picture of true coaching, leadership, and empowerment. Absolutely. Beautiful. Love it. Um, so I think, you know, as we close it out here, uh, is there any just kind of, you know, brief point that maybe didn't, we didn't to cover with these five to areas that you want to really get across to anybody listening? Yeah. You know, I think at the, at the end of the day, there's a couple of things that come to mind, Scott. And, um, number one, I would say is that these, uh, these folks that I've called out, you know, by name because, uh, you know, and I recognize them because they really are just incredible people in this dairy industry doing great things. They will also be the very first ones to tell you, we don't have it all figured out and we're constantly working on it. Um, and so I think that's part of also their uniqueness and their success is like, they never take their, they never take their eye off that ball of constant improvement and, um, and constantly, you know, asking themselves and their employees, right. Of like, what can we do better? What can we do better, um, to be able to take care of you so that, you know, and the result is, is hitting those bigger goals. Um, and so I think there's that piece. And then the other big takeaway, Scott, uh, that I know I personally gain from having these conversations of just having the privilege of getting to sit down with, you know, incredible people that share their stories, um, is that I noticed that they are all extremely intentional. Um, you know, like whether it's talking to employees every single day, whether it's seeking that input or taking care of the problems or reinforcing the good behaviors or promoting the success at work and at home, like they, they build that 
into their management style. You know, whether it is through making sure, like I said, like that they're having that conversation or even a, a slight conversation every single day, whether it's through setting up employee meetings that include asking for input include the walk around and finding what needs to be fixed and having a plan to address it. Um, you know, like these things, they're, they're intentionally doing them. Like they're waking up every morning and saying, how can I serve my people at the highest level? Because if they do that, they're going to win with serving the cows and taking care of the cows too. Love it. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. So as we close it here, uh, Peggy, some, Someone wants to maybe uh, listen to your podcast or or learn more about you. How do they, what do they do that? You know, talk about your podcast, where they access that, and then access maybe any other resources that you have or how they contact you. You bet. You bet. So the best way to do that is to follow Up Level Dairy on uh, major platforms like Apple and Spotify. And I also have a YouTube channel. So all of my podcasts are in a video format as well. Um, and so that's the best way to, to stay up to date on these conversations and get these insights from these top managers and top dairy owners and also um, some other key influencers and advisors in the industry as well. And, uh, and at the end of the day, um, it's, you know, just being able to follow up level dairy on those platforms uh, so that you can develop your own skill set and mindset to be a top performer in the dairy business. Perfect. Well, we definitely want to encourage all of our listeners. Uh, be sure and do that. Go check out uh, up level dairy podcast and, and the other stuff that Peggy has out there. It's uh, it's great. It's good to see it. Uh, the industry taking steps forward. I think it only going to make all of us better. So Peggy, thank you for taking the time to join us. Oh, gosh. Thank you for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Wonderful. Appreciate it. Well, again, thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've uh, not done it, please subscribe to our podcast. We are, as well, are on uh, multiple podcast platforms. You can check us out just about anywhere you get your podcast. And then make sure and check out some of our other stuff, the YouTube, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, or Seacorn.com for Master's Choice website, and then RobSeco.com for Rob Seco Information, our parent company. And so we want to make sure and, uh, you know, or you can reach out to me, S. Harris, S-H-A-R-R-I-S, at robseco.com. If you have any other questions or anything you want to follow up with from any of the shows. So we appreciate it. Hope everybody has a wonderful day.